Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. So, yeah, James, you were just saying before we started recording, we I didn't even think about this. Yeah, how, is- we stopped doing that, guys. We, we got to do it more. We got to. I know we have our little theme music, and that's neat, and I really enjoy the sound of it. And every I time mean, I honestly, hear it, James, James, you've, have you ever listened to an episode lately? I mean, he might not even keep in like the... I kind of want a new theme welcome. song. We've had it. We've had that theme song for a while. We should get a new one. I don't know. Like Cheers had a theme song for a while and they didn't change it. Cheers is a slightly just marginally more successful than us. Yeah, but it's And also that was back in the era of TV when theme songs were really exposition-y. Mm. It's like they they kind of told you everything that was going to happen. Yeah. Like the French theme that song. Had happened. I still know it word for word. Well, yeah, yeah the, but I mean, like the French like back theme song in the day, was a phenomenon. Like that was yeah. supposed to be a jingle, and it ended up like <laughs> they had to write more verses because radio stations started playing the one verse of the song as a song, and the band was like, "That's not a song. You can't do that." So they actually wrote the rest of the song so that they mm. could play it. All right, my twenty-plus year gripe on that song: you have the lyric, "Your mama told you there'd be days like this." But then later in the song, it goes, no one told you life was going to be this way, which those feel contradictory. Well, I feel like the mama, because I I don't think I've heard that. So that's not that wasn't that was in the added verse. Yeah, that was in the added verse that they put in later. I was going to say, I also feel like mama told you you'd be days like this was a totally different song. Mama said there'd be days like this. There'd be days. That's a different song. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So should we do the welcome? Another beggar. Hello and welcome to another episode (laughs) of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Wow. You took a while to get to Rossi. Oh, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We should add that into our theme song. (laughs) We should add the friends clap into our theme song. Still still more legally allowed than the NBC chime that. Tim the the actual line is, your mother warned you there'd be days like these. I don't think anyone cares anymore, Tim. I care. And like something. the opening line is, so no one told you life was going to be this way? Yeah. I think the, I think there's just enough difference in there you can get away with it. I mean, you're so talking somebody, about... Somebody warned you life was going to be this way. No, it someone told up. you there'd be days like this. <laughs> there'd be days like this. Someone told you. Uh, We've now spent more time on the Friends theme than Alex spent in the race on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> That's on like Not if you, you include the pace laps. Yeah, exactly. There was four pace laps this year instead of three. <laughs> you're right. You're right. And then you have like all the time on the grid and you know, all of the effort in the morning that goes into you know participating it, in a motor race. 
and you know the three sessions you had to do on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. The time um, you spent in the simulator the week before. Well, all sorts of preparations like this. But no, well, no, that's well <laughs> documented. There'd be days like this in motor racing, especially for you lately. Hmm. I, I, it pains me to say. Yeah, I mean, hey guys, it's fine. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll talk about it. So Texas, uh, it was. <laughs> Sorry. I, I mean, it was really, it was a really wonderful weekend for the most part. You know, I think, um, I, I think that's the least amount of changes I've ever done on a race weekend. Um, mostly because anytime we change something, it was like, Nope, don't like that. Go back to how it was. <laughs> um, so honestly, we just, we rolled off and, and then just were able to add arrow balance as the grip level came up. And that, that was really the only changes we ever made. And, and we were really happy um, in kind of all conditions. Qualifying was was a weird one. You know, I think <laughs> there's some different um, team approaches to what, what teams consider the most efficient downforce levels. Um, and I think our team maybe has a slightly different view on that, which based on the results, considering everyone was flat, um, may be a little bit wrong. So it's something that we're obviously going to look at, but this is the first time you got to remember that we've trimmed this arrow kit. Um, well, not this arrow kit, but this car package with the arrow screen, um, and the additional little bits that were allowed to run at Texas. It's the first time we've, we've ever trimmed this. So, and, and that's because in the last couple of years, it's either been rained out and started on points, or we had what's called a park for may qualifying scenario where essentially once you finish qualifying, you're allowed to change almost nothing to the setup of the car. So you've got to qualify your race downforce, which makes qualifying pretty boring because race right. downforce yeah. is like pretty easy flat. So now right. you actually had the chance to peel stuff off and swing at it and take a bit of a risk and kind of yeah. have a little more fun. Yeah. And it was great. It was nice. I mean, I haven't done an oval qualifying like that really since Indy, you know, cause the, the short ovals you run, you run obviously max downforce qualify. So anyways, that was cool. Um, and I think IndyCar, you know, there was a lot of noise, you know, we, we, as a podcast talked about, you know, the possibility of there being that 30 minute session, um, solely to try and bring in a, a second lane. I don't necessarily know that the session did anything, but what it did do was it, it a showed IndyCar's, you know, openness to, to try new things, um, to try and, and improve the show, which is something that, that we're obviously all after Texas based on the past couple of years. And, you know, it, it showed kind of a recognition of, of an issue. So it was great to see that. And ultimately, um, you know, I got to watch the race with you, James, and it was it was a great it was a great race. I think you know it was the most of a second lane that we've ever had. Um, I don't know, it was a full second lane, but it was like a lane and a half. You definitely, mm -hmm. I mean, Joseph passed for the lead on the high side coming out of turn four. So, I think IndyCar with the the downforce additions they added were good. I think ultimately the biggest um, the biggest cause for it being such a different race was the fact it was in March and not June. So ultimately I, I hope that IndyCar and, and Texas um, can, can take that into account when discussing the future years. Cause I think it being 65 degrees and a 90 degree track temp was, was the biggest reason it was such a good event. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's so huge. It can't be overstated how sensitive these cars are to changes in conditions like that, how sensitive the temperature is, the aero, the engines, all of it. And so when you're running, you know, in the middle of the summer in June versus, you know, mid March, it's, uh, like you say, technically I mean, it's still the winter. 
Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a thirty degree track temp swing probably. I mean I don't remember what the track temps were last At year, least. in the last couple of years, but yeah, it's got to be somewhere in that in that realm. I was a little nervous having such an early race that it would be hotter than having it as a night race, but it was early enough that the track hadn't really baked all afternoon and it wasn't too bad. I still think a night race would be better. I love Texas as a night race. Yeah. So e- even if it's not for the show, just visually, it's better. Hundred percent. Looks cooler. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think you're right. I think the downforce helped. I think the conditions were a huge factor. I don't I agree with you. I don't think that second lane practice necessarily like made that lane any better. But it probably gave the drivers that did it a little bit more confidence to try it earlier in the race, maybe. But let's fast forward, let's say cuz Texas is still tentative uh on its on its return. Um I have no idea. I'm purely speculating here, but you got to think that part of that was waiting to see how this weekend went. And if it was another follow the leader boar fest, we probably wouldn't be going back. Evidently that was not the case. And so I hope that it does, you know, reignite conversations and discussions to get Texas to come back. But let's say best case scenario, we're back at Texas next year, similar date, whatever, whatever. Would you endorse IndyCar mandating that session with an extra set of tires, 30 minutes for all cars to go out and run around in the second lane. I I honestly, I don't know. I, I would, I would say you either do that or you need to take again, another step of downforce. Like we need another chunk, whether that's, you know, because when, you gotta, you gotta remember when people were a, were doing that second lane practice, they had parts on the car that were adding downforce that we couldn't race and they were still struggling. So either you do one or the other or, or both. Right. I and mean, I'd be fine with either of that, but I still think it's a little, it's a little light. Like we're getting closer. Um, but I think it's also light. Like had that been a 120 degree day, as we kind of just touched on, there's not, it would not have been even close. No. Yeah. So I, I think IndyCar still needs to keep pushing and, and still trying to, to realize this was maybe a little bit of an anomaly and we were gifted a, a good race, but still there needs to be uh, a continuation of, of improvement. So, um, uh, I, either way, I think it was a, it was a great surprise for everyone, um, to, to have the race that it was. I think it was, um, a phenomenal race. I would have loved to take part in it, but, uh, the racing, the racing gods were like, no, that's not, that's not on the cards for you today. So I, uh, I don't, I don't remember the numbers specifically, but you know, when we had got to about half distance in the race, our, uh, our stat man, uh, up in the booth with us, Russ Thompson handed, uh, Diff a note that said in the entirety of the race last year, there were, you know, 112 on track passes or something up to the first half of the race. We had more than, we were like 250 passes on track. So I mean the the numbers don't lie. It was it was very much a better scenario than we had last year. The race that Scott won, I want to say, there were three lead changes among two leaders. We had we had that in the first ten laps, you right. know. Right. So, um, so yeah, I mean, great entertaining race. And here's the thing: it wasn't just one of these things. Like it was a last corner, last lap pass for the win. That is what people remember, right? They remember those cool finishes. And sometimes that shadows an otherwise like dog race because I'll never forget, uh, it was Gateway 2017, I think. 
when Joseph threw that late pass into turn one on Simon, his teammate bumped him up, you know, nearly took out both cars, but it was a pass for the win with 10 to go or something. And everybody talked about what a crazy finish, what a great race, blah, blah, blah. They're ignoring the 290 laps before that, where the race was absolutely terrible and no one could do anything and no one was having fun and it was follow leader, whatever, whatever. This was not that. This was genuinely entertaining and stuff was happening the whole way through, you know, minus 50 laps of caution. It was, uh, it was a really, really interesting race from start to finish, tire degradation, fuel strategy. There was tons of stuff going on. And I, and I love races like that. I love being able to tell people and teach people about races like that. Cause it just shows how much goes in to trying to win one of these damn things. And on that note, congrats to Joseph on his second Texas win. Yeah, whatever. Um, so it's funny you you comment <laughs> on um, teaching and and explaining to people things like that. So I was Saturday after. Yeah, good job, Joseph. It's fine. So after Saturday afternoon, <laughs> and, and sorry, Scott, that sucked. That 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 stinks. Yeah, but still very good job. Also fine. So um, I came back to the bus, and Kelly was like, I think it was Saturday after first practice, or maybe it was Saturday before the second practice. It doesn't matter. And she was like, Man. It is so nice to to listen to James because I'm learning so much about the sport. It's nice to it's nice to like un- start to understand these things. And I was like, oh, that's that's really cool. Like, what did you learn? I don't know. They like <laughs> she didn't like, retain any of it like in the more, moment. She was like, more downforce is good or something like that. And I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's you're not wrong. So. <laughs> Anyways, I you are doing a, a wonderful job educating the uneducated. So so congrats. Well, yes, I th- thank you, Alex. That is kind of you to say. It is fun teaching people. I'm surprised that this far into your relationship, Kelly didn't know that more downforce was better. But you know, let's teach their Dude, own. Only a couple of years ago, she knew she figured out that red and black tires were different. Like, <laughs> so, uh, had a reason they were different. I mean, lame is some are red, some are black. <laughs> obscure reference number 37 <laughs> you got it though uh yeah um <laughs> uh, there's gonna be one person who's gonna lose their mind on twitter <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say just tell us the difference between red wine and white wine there's a different both wine but they are different they do different things they serve different purposes uh so yes that was that the nascar race in atlanta was insane um a mile and a half plate race didn't watch it i'm not sure i haven't really heard it's tough to tell i get the sense that drivers didn't love it honestly i know so so did the guy that we thought won the race did he end up because william one of them, byron one of them won. won yes which is it different was the, than the guy correct it was the other one thought. okay so, so, so last congrats, one was bowman we this time it, it was Byron. Yeah, we basically called your shot for you. Yeah. Uh a few weeks in advance. Uh yeah, no, but yeah, it was it was it was crazy. It was, you know, flat out, lots of wrecks, stuff like that. Um 12 hours Sebring also happened. 12 hours of Sebring. Uh tough break for our boy RHR. Very sad. But uh but his the team car, the so they they were in the O one. Oh one, yeah which started on pole, hit problems early. They were out. But the other Ganassi car, the O2, stellar pace, uh, had a couple issues, got their way back up to the front. And after the last stop, Earl Bamber got in the car and tried as hard as he could to lose that race for Chip Ganassi. 
and despite his best efforts, then uh, <laughs> rebounded incredibly well from several missteps and and still managed. The, the, the pace advantage that they had was just astronomical at the end there. It was very impressive. Like, IMSA's always done a really good job at, at you know, keeping parity between cars. You know, we've talked about BOP and, you know, all that stuff. But these were the same manufacturer, right? It was just the same car. And the the lap time difference, the pace difference that the Ganassi car had um, over the five at the end was wild. And so, yeah. Alex, I feel like we talk about you in endurance cars only right after a race or right before a race. And usually you come out of it and you're like, all right, that was the last one. I'm done. Now that you've had a couple months, are you watching Still any done. of this? Still done? All right, that's where I was getting. <laughs> did, did, didn't miss being in Sebring? I did not. You know, it was it was it was nice though because I um the the driver and engineering uh group chat is on WhatsApp. And instead of like creating a new one for Sebring, they just carried on Daytona. So I got to follow along with strategy and car changes and everything that was happening. <laughs> so I felt very informed and yeah. then very very happy and then sad when they were happy and sad. Um, but yes, it, yes, they, they are the, the 10 car guys, Ricky, especially, you know, I've been driving sports cars with them now for four years. Right. So I, I do have a vested interest in, in him and, and obviously the Acura program. So I do pay attention, but no, I, I was not, I was not sitting on my couch in Sebring or in, in Texas, just heartbroken that I wasn't there. <laughs> all right fair enough that's yeah. I'll, I'll keep asking every couple of months and see where you are if you ever get back to it yeah. um okay well we are primarily a travel and restaurant podcast that we're not going to talk about the, the f1 race mentions. oh yeah no we should oh that's also another correction we got to do we did say australia when we met bahrain uh when we were talking about the season opener did we yeah well it should yeah, have been actually, what, a, what an insane race though i um, i don't think it was that insane I think oh, the last four laps for Red Bull kind of right. seemed crazy. Yeah. Um, here's here's the thing. And I saw a, a great Instagram about it. And while I pull it up, um, James, you can give your initial thoughts. But I thought this this summed it up very well. Actually, here it is. Sorry. I, <laughs> That's all right. I didn't get okay. it much to say. Top things I wouldn't assume are 100% correct after this race. Ferrari's favorite for the title. Correct. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Mercedes will struggle for months. I also agree with that. Mm-hmm. The new rules are a success. I would definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. The new rules are a failure. Okay. Too early. The teams at the back will stay at the back. And finally, the new race direction is better. Yeah, that's true. Those are all still very much unanswered questions at this point. But I think I think what annoyed me, and I had some people come up to me in Texas who who were watching the F1 race and then we were kind of talking about it before before the IndyCar race and they were like man that was such a good race like the arrow kit or the new rules work and I was like no it doesn't and they were like yeah man did you see all those battles I was like yeah at the end of every DRS zone yeah that that's always that, been like that's that. always been like that like you pass someone into one and they get DRS and they have a run into four like that is the way that track is laid up and that is how it should work and they're like oh yeah so I think it's it's interesting to see people kind of like what, what you mentioned, James, when you sometimes have an exciting finish to a race, you forget the fact that, oh, hold on a second. Like, what have we actually changed? Right. I think what we did change is Haas is fast, yep. which is 
cool legitimately to see fast, as an, which is awesome. American. McLaren is slow. McLaren is not fast. And I think it'll be a Red Bull Ferrari um, Mercedes battle, which to have three manufacturers fighting for the championship, I think it's cool. We haven't had that in a long time. Yeah, I think for me, the, the big question is how long it takes Mercedes to get the pace uh, deficit down. And the thing is, when you have a brand new set of regulations like this, the rate of development early on is like incredible. Like there's so much area to improve on as they get more and more data. You know, they have just an army of people back at the factories uh, trying to figure this stuff out. So unlike, you know, the last two, three years of a set of regulations where everything's been pretty, you know, it's been exploited and developed to the maximum of the rules. Now there's there's areas that they're going to learn a lot from. So if it only takes them two or three weeks to kind of really start narrowing the pace gap, obviously the reliability was better than Red Bull, even though they were much slower. They've got a lot of points on the board that Red Bull doesn't have. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how long it takes them to close that that uh, that pace gap. But yeah, I think I think you're right. I think we got a bunch of guys that are that are in it, and it's uh, it's great. It's great to see Alpha scoring points, uh, yeah. both cars double point score, and yet, like you said, Haas. I mean, Magnussen comes comes back last minute and ends up scoring more points in one race than the team has in the last two years. The other thing, the other thing that I think that 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 Magnussen situation proves completely. Is the fact that every dedicating your driver, time? Oh, no, no, no. Every I, racing driver in Formula One, every racing driver in a top level, whether that be an IMSA or GTD Pro, every racing driver in IndyCar, and probably every racing driver in Cup, you put them in a good situation with good equipment, and everyone is good enough to get their to get a result, right? Yes, Kevin is a good racing driver. He is. He he went to an IndyCar race, went to an IndyCar test, struggled, didn't really impress anyone. Fine. Like, that's fine. He was great in the DPI car. Would he be better in an IndyCar with someone else, with a different team, with a different kind of philosophy? Quite possibly. But I think it just shows that this is a guy who kind of struggled in his time in Formula One, was great in junior formula, obviously adapted really well to the DPI car, was incredibly quick. Everyone at this level is capable of finishing fifth in a Formula One race or third in a Formula One race or even winning it in the right situation with the right equipment, right? And I think the same can be said for, for really any of these guys in any of the, the major championships that we're talking about. And I think that that's something that, again, people forget about. It's like, well, no, you're, you're, you're a platinum pro driver for a reason right i think i think a great example of this right is when fernando came over and did indy the first time he stepped into a great situation arguably the best package that that particular year adapted himself incredibly well was running up front brilliant same thing when kurt bush came over totally different set of uh skills that they would have had you know different experiences totally different series they came from uh, both got put into actually the same scenario, <laughs> same team, both a great package, both adapted well, both performed well, raced well on the day. Fernando comes back a year, two years later, whatever it was, with the team that is not up to speed, that does not have their you know act together, and doesn't make the show. So nobody sat there and was like, oh, Fernando's no longer a good racing driver. It is, it is such a product of being in the right situation. And... Haas had the distinct advantage of from 
18 months ago deciding they were not going to put any time or effort into their 2021 car, all of their time and effort into their 2022 car. The way the F1 rules are written, it's kind of like there's no draft in Formula One. So they try to think of a way to benefit the slower team, the teams that finish further down in the championship. So with the new rules, the further down in the championship you are, the more wind tunnel time you get. You know, there are, there are, uh, they're more lenient on certain development rules. So, you know, to try to level the playing field. So the team that finished last, they had the most development time and the most development window. And look what they did. They, they produced a really a damn good race car. So it also shows that teams in, you know, a more fairly, you know, equitable situation can also perform well. But yeah, to Alex's point, um, <clears throat> if you're a, if you're a top level professional racing driver, you're good at what you do. And in, in the right scenario and in, in good equipment in a different series, you will still be good at what you do and score well. But we're super happy for those guys after the last couple of years they've had. And it's going to make for a great episode of Netflix, Drive to Survive, Season 5. It's just such a shame for Nikita Mazepan. You know, this could have been his big break. Not touching that. Oh, f- that guy. <laughs> oh. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know what's actually kind of funny mentioning Drive to Survive? I've noticed a, a weird thing about the f1 fandom now when drive to survive first came they're, out they're all like, experts after four well, yeah, years that. of watching a reality tv show no what i yeah i mean that obviously but my favorite part is you had the old f1 fans who were just like they can't stand the drive to survive fans but now you have the people who've been watching drive to survive for four years that can't stand the new drive to survive fans i i heard somebody refer to it as like you're not even a real fan you just started. I've been watching this for four years. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> like, we have these different hierarchies of fandom gatekeeping. And none of you are. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. Just... The Internet's a, well, it's a terrible place, Tim. It's yeah, a, it's, it's awful. awful, awful, terrible place. It's, <laughs> it, it is funny, though, because I, I haven't actually watched any of season four yet. 
you haven't watched any of it, have you, Alex? Like the whole series, guys. I I have a yeah a pretty big admission. I I've never watched an episode. Yeah, same. I have zero interest in it. I have an interest, but only be I I would just be too angry because especially in the beginning, there's so many people that I know and I know how much they'd be lying. I just I couldn't. Now it's, now storylines have developed enough that I probably could watch it and be fine. Well, so you say that the thing that I've read a lot about this season is as, excuse me, as the seasons have gone on, it seems like the kind of the prevailing opinion is that they've actually been taking more and more liberties with facts and the truth to hype up the drama, you know, and it's it's pretty telling that Max Verstappen opted out of participating in the year he ended up winning the championship because he was like, no, they, I don't like what they're doing. They're not telling the real story. They're making stories up where they don't exist. And you know what? Good on him for doing that. And the thing, what I don't understand is the last few years, I can sort of see it because there was nothing exciting happening on track, right? Lewis was just winning everything, so it was irrelevant. Last year, you had one of the all-time greatest rivalry championship seasons formula one has seen it's in the it's in the top i mean 10 for sure maybe an argument for the top five and why why the series felt like the 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 show felt like it had it needed to manufacture that much drama when the real life drama was was amazing like that was good enough for a soap opera you don't need to make it any more than that no you're right and i and i think that it's not only Max. There's, there's been, I think Pierre and Carlos, kind of spoke up about it, and they were like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll keep doing it," but then there was always a but. Of, right. This needs to be a little bit less Hollywood and a little bit more. Well, they they don't have sixty million dollar contracts, so they might want the added press. Max, Max doesn't have to do that anymore. No, Max, Max pretty good. Max doesn't have to do anything. Max doesn't want to do anymore. You know what's funny? This is what's funny. I've always thought this was funny about sports, okay? And this is true. This is not just racing. This is all sports. When you're when you're starting out, right? When you're trying to make your big break, you will play, drive, participate for free, just for the opportunity to yeah. do it, right? Just to show what you got, be on be on the big stage, whatever, whatever. And then the the better you get, and the more money you make, like the less extra you're willing to do like the guys that make the most money are the biggest stars do the least of all that extra ancillary <laughs> stuff and it's like hang on you're the one making by far the most money you should have to do more interviews than than the guy that's making nothing you know it seems backwards it seems a little backwards but it sounds Alex awesome looks like he disagrees. yeah yeah. Uh, well, yeah if you get to that point i'm sure it's <laughs> yeah. terrific i am the first point, one to admit neat. my career did not pan out that way I did oh, not. That's like, why you're doing a podcast with us. That's why we're all doing a podcast <laughs> together. Uh, yeah. But good for Max. Well, it's too some, close yeah. to home. No. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, Tim, shocked. you were talking about color how me we shocked. Are... I was going to say, color me shocked that a reality show is fake. That was my other favorite thing is I heard one of these true Drive to Survive fans call it a documentary. Mm. It's like, oh, nope. It's not quite nope. the right word. Uh, but yeah, Alex, I was talking about how we are a travel slash restaurant review podcast that occasionally mentions racing. And I feel like we haven't done that in a while. Mm-hmm. So uh, any any good travel or restaurant reviews from the Lone Star State? So I don't have any 
I don't have any reviews. I did go to Olive Garden on Saturday night, which was great. Where, I had, where you were I had, family. Yeah. I hadn't been in a while. Um, I, <laughs> I, I forget why I don't go more often. It is. A it, there's restaurant. like a stigma around it, like that it's not something you should go to on a race weekend, but it is the best. I love the OG. Yeah. I have zero. <laughs> the OG. It's even called God. the OG. <laughs> Um, so it was, it was the normal experience, right? The salad, it, it's always the same. Um, Banger, you got to get just the right amount of cheese grated on that. Exactly. Get your, the pepperoncinis, everything's good. Everything's breadsticks. awesome. Um, is this a nice like a, you guys go to carbo carb load or is this no, just, uh, not really just I something just, familiar? No, I just, it was across the street from the track. I didn't want to drive far. I wanted to have an early <laughs> night. And it was either that or Chipotle, and I had done Chipotle the night before. So it was like, cool, we're going to Olive Garden. So, <laughs> elite, um, elite athletes here. Yeah. Well, bro, like it's rice and beans and some chicken. Like it's fine. I'm just kidding. Anyways, so um, Olive Garden is one of those uh, restaurants, kind of like your Applebee's and your Chili's, that has that little tablet thingy that you can call your server, play games, pay on. So I always use the pay feature because it means less time. Less human to, interaction. Less yes, human, human interaction, interaction yeah. yeah. So I press pay <laughs> and I add the tip and everything and my credit card's in my hand and, and I keep pressing the buttons and it's like, payment successful. Have a great day. And I was like, looking at my card in my hand that I hadn't put in the machine yet. And I was like, I Cool. So then I like email the receipt to myself because I'm like, did it act? Did it somehow, like tap like, almost? It was close enough. My that card, tap yeah. Feature worked, and sure enough, it 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 was not my chart, my card that was charged. So I finally get the waitress over, and I'm like, hi, um, this didn't put my card in. It says like the bills paid, and she's like, God damn it, this happens all the time. And reached in the back, and someone had <laughs> left their credit card. So then they had to like get management involved to go cancel that out and then refund that person and then get the bill back in. And then they had to go like track down the person that sat at that table somehow, maybe um, to give them their credit card back. The irony that your move to limit human interaction ended up resulting in so much more, more human, interaction. human interaction. The um, <laughs> the other thing, this may they just nail it the whole way through because after that incredible meal, you get your soup and your, your salad and your breadsticks unlimited, by the way, to start. I want to clarify. We're not paid by Olive Garden. We are. We are <laughs> not in any way. I would like to be. I would like to be. I would take, I would take gift cards. I would take gift cards as payment for most things. Um, but, it, and then you, you get anybody your, listening, whatever bomb ass pasta you get. <laughs> and then they bring the bill and what's in the bill, Alex, little Andy's mints. They oh just, man, not enough restaurants do the Andes mints. They finish so strong with the Andes. I love Andes mints. And I always ask for extra and I always get extra. So then I tip extra and everybody leaves happy. <laughs> well, that's why you're family. When yeah, you're there, I mean, you're family. It's, it's a hell of an establishment. I got it. it really is. <laughs> we should open an Olive Garden. There's one like not far from my house and we never go. Can we can we do that? Can we have an off track Olive Garden? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's just next brunner after brunch instead of ordering pizza. Let's all cab up and go to Olive Garden. <laughs>
I mean, that's actually really good idea. Franchise opportunities. Yeah, let's see. Let's see how much it would take to get get a couple get a couple six dollar bottles of wine in us. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. Well, that's the other that's the other thing that they do. They stopped doing it with COVID and everything. But anytime you go to Olive Garden, you'd sit down and pour you a sample of whatever house wine they had. So you also got free wine. Great point. So guys, the the franchise fee for an Olive Garden is only thirty thousand dollars. No, guys, we're I gonna a, be restaurant tours. I have a restaurant idea <laughs> that actually I want to talk about off the record, so no one steals it. But we Fair. should we should all discuss. I also already <laughs> am partner in a restaurant, so maybe yeah. I should but this do would that. be like your own restaurant. Okay, all right. Um, we'll, so we'll call it the the olive plant area. Olive, good word, guy. Plant. <laughs> yeah. The right the place where um, the olives grow. <laughs> <laughs> the place, the Grove. yeah there you go um so i had an interesting travel experience he had the restaurant experience i'd kind of well it's a restaurant experience that ties into a travel experience so i was up in vancouver last week before the texas race doing some promo work for the canadian e-prix the formula e-round that's happening in vancouver on canada day weekend and my brother-in-law evan who the show is a big fan of Everyone's everyone's favorite Dalton. Everyone's favorite Dalton. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, he, he's he's not too far from uh, Vancouver, and so he came into town my last night. I sort of finished in the afternoon working, and and we were going to go grab you know dinner and drinks, whatever. Um, we both had really early mornings though. I had a seven a.m. flight, so I was looking at a four thirty wake up call. Uh, Evan had like an eight o'clock flight. He was just crashing in my hotel room, and. You know, we went out, it was St. Patty's Day, but we're like, we got to be, we got to be smart here. You know, we're both up super early. I got to go down to work. The last thing I can do is like lose my voice because we went out to the bar till 3 a.m., right? So we're like, let's be responsible. We had one drink. We went and grabbed tacos and uh, great little spot. Didn't overeat. Felt nice when we left. Didn't get dessert. Trying to be good. Get back to the hotel room. Throw on a movie. I start not feeling great. <laughs> I start not feeling great about an hour and a half into the movie. And yeah. Evan looks over at me and he's he's not feeling great either. And we did have we did order the same thing at this uh, restaurant. Um let me just tell you what followed. <laughs> I have a feeling it was a two grown men their brains out in a hotel room and, and puking and puking oh god, um, good yeah it was regularly did you make him get his own room no it was we didn't have time <laughs> for that evan one let's just say or sorry alex you called yeah, alex yeah. yeah we didn't have time for that alex uh evan and i are closer now than we've ever been <laughs> because where we were <laughs> where we were fully expecting <laughs> At some point to have like one guy in the sink and one guy in the toilet or like one guy in the bathtub and one guy in the toilet. Our bodies managed to time it out that we were like just we were like tapping each other in like one of us would leave like all yours yours. (laughs) and how the program usually went was you would go you'd throw up into the toilet which your brother in law had just been sitting on. And then immediately when you finished throwing up, you had to turn around and sit on it. And then you tag out, and then he'd come in and put his head in the toilet you just been sitting on. And then stand up, turn around. 
It was the worst, man. It was, and it was all night. It was like every hour. Not lead with this. (laughs) This is not the start of this podcast. I'm trying to reward the people (laughs) that hung on to the bitter end. So, so no. So hang on. So we did every hour. So it's probably like five hours of this, right? And like you're not sleeping in the middle. Like you're maybe getting ten minutes here and there before something flares up. Whatever. So we we my alarm goes off at four. 15 4 30 whatever it was evan's like already awake he's on his phone he's like yeah this is just the worst day of my life <laughs> and he was on like postmates trying to get you know like pedialyte and gatorade and saltines whatever delivered to the hotel before before we had to leave so i'm getting ready really un- like just dreading the fact that i now have to get in an uber get in a, <laughs> the backseat of a car for 30 minutes to the airport where I then have to get on a flight for four hours to Texas. And I was like, this is going to be a disaster. I literally packed a spare pair of boxers and pants <laughs> in my carry-on just in case things got bad. And I had, I stole, I stole the, um, the little plastic bag that comes in the ice bucket. I stole that. It was in my pocket for the Uber just in case. So the, the stuff shows up, like I'm about to walk out the door and I'm like, I'm not feeling better. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not feeling like I have to just, I, I could, it's, there's an impending doom trying to exit my body. Right. So Evan's like, here, just have a, have a little bit of Gatorade, just get something. And you're like, yeah, yeah, totally. So I grab some Gatorade. I know not to chug it. I'm taking a couple little sips, a couple little sips. I was like, all right, bud, I got to run. Hey, my Uber's here. Just one thing real quick, ran to the bathroom, threw up <laughs> all the Gatorade. And I was just like, this, this is not great. <laughs> And no one, by the way, nobody would believe you that you had food poisoning. Everybody would just be like, look, this amateur went out too hard on uh, a St. thousand percent. Day. You're the guy <laughs> walking through the airport as slowly as possible, thinking you just had a big St. Patty's Day. We literally tried to do the right thing, and we got severely punished for it. But I feel like the lesson learned here is don't do the right thing. Exactly. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Because all of the bourbon and tequila would have killed it. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely would have killed it faster. Oh, that's my that's one of my favorite stories. Yeah. No, it I was not uh, even just because Evan's in it. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. But thanks for sharing. Yeah. No, I just well, it's more a travel podcast. So um yeah, so the lovely the name people... of this restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in Vancouver, don't go to the taco place in Gastown. I forget what it's well, yes, I mean. It's... I mean, it's, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? It seems, now that I say it out loud, it seems pretty, pretty common. We should have seen that coming. Was it, was it more efficient since you have two assholes? <laughs> um, yeah, probably. It was probably less, less, it was a faster release. <laughs> but more toilet paper was consumed. More toilet yeah. paper consumed. Uh, you yeah. need to get some bidets. Oh, God. <laughs> but yes, wow. uh, and just in case for for curious minds, inquiring minds, uh, I, I survived the flight. I, I didn't even need to go to the bathroom on the flight. There was nothing left in me. So, <laughs> and then you went and did a phenomenal job in Texas. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. So, what I will say though is, though I feel fine, like I'm, I feel totally fine. Um, my appetite hasn't entirely returned. So, I would say that I'm still. I'm still operating on about, if you averaged out my intake since Friday, about one meal a day. 
but like, I'm still going to the gym and I still am doing everything I do and I feel fine, but like, I'm not eating as much as I should be eating, which is mildly concerning. So no, I think your body's just so uninterested. It's very uninterested in food. <laughs> yeah. It's very uninterested in food. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I was, I was going through the airport, um, leaving Texas and I had enough time to grab dinner before I got on the plane and I was walking to my gate and I was like, I saw a sign that said restaurant this way and I and it was by my gate and I walked down to there and I'm not joking. It was a Mexican restaurant. I turned around and went to the other side of the terminal to just eat at literally any other restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on that bombshell, ah. happy, happy eating. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your solid bowel movement. Oh yeah, dude, it's a it's a game changer. You really don't appreciate those until you until you don't have them for a little bit. Uh, but we have absolutely nothing going on this weekend, right? There's no IndyCar racing. There's Formula One Formula is one. running at um, Jeddah. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, it's Saudi Arabia. Um, still a weird place to go racing, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, objectively, a weird choice. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. And uh, NASCAR is always racing somewhere. So we'll be back with more racing insights and maybe something fun will happen on the weekend. We'll see. Maybe we'll see. you'll get diarrhea again. I hope not. I hope not. I'm a, I'm a bachelor, though, because Becky's, Becky's just started working on a new film. So she's uh, out in Calgary, Alberta at the moment, mm. filming. And uh, I'm going to go out and visit her in a couple weeks. But this weekend, just home. I take my new uh, Traxxas truck out and launch it off some stuff because it's a lot of fun. Well, I fixed my my old Traxxas truck, so I've I've got a four wheel drive vehicle again. So let's let's do it. <laughs> All right, let's go to the park, bring the dogs, and laugh at them chasing trucks. <laughs> and afterwards, you guys can get Olive Garden. Oh, oh yeah. Done. <laughs> God, we need to we need to get them to sponsor. All right, guys. Have a great week. We'll see you at your local OG. Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Thim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to add producer Thim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that I mean Thim. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.